What do you get when you have a crazy pandemic, too much time on your hands, and the need for community? You get the schmooze. Join me, Allison Friedman, as I yenta it up with other members of the TAE fam. Join me. Welcome back to the schmooze. I am so excited to have here today Joel Charnick, who is a seven-year-long TAE member with his adorable family and is the director of Camp JCA Shalom. And I know we have some JCA Shalom families um, at TAE, so this is super exciting. You get to see Joel. Um, so welcome, Joel. Woo! Thanks. I think it's so great that you're doing this, and it's really fun, and it's good to actually see you because I... I feel like I saw you a lot um, before all this craziness, and now I get to see you again. Yes. And that's that might be the best thing so far, best part of my day so far. Well, you just won favorite guest on the schmooze. So, <laughs> you know, we could end right here. Thank you. That's a wrap. See you next time. Great podcast. <laughs> um, no, I'm just so glad you're here, and I, I miss seeing you too. Um, for context, our daughters were together in preschool. And then Joel and I go back to, since we were preschool parents, the first time around with our older kids. And then we have a lot of like family, mutual friend connections. And I feel like Joel's someone I've known a long time, even before I knew him. You know, it's one of those things. So Absolutely. Yeah, um, we, I, we're definitely on the same wave. Like we both went to UVA. We're both proud Wildcats. Um, yeah. And then, but, and then there are just so many, the camp thing for people who are camp people. Yes. We call ourselves camp people. We are camp people. Uh, sometimes lifers, right? <laughs> um, when we first have kids, like one of the things we think about is, oh, I can't wait for them to be a camp. You know, totally. And, you start calculating, like, ooh, when is their like CIT summer or leadership summer or whatever it is? You know that it's yeah. called. One of the greatest things about kids, not the greatest, but one of them is you get to live life again. You yeah. get to live life again through your kids' eyes, and you know, camp is a little different because we are not there and we and and a lot of it is kind of secretive right we don't right. get we don't it's meant to be like what their kids experience and all that and and i'm i get to be now a legacy mom so that's exciting because mm. madeline goes to alanim so even that's though we're on different camp teams we are not competitors we are very much in sync with the camp world so yeah you know the camp world in southern california is very very friendly uh, the camp directors have been meeting, you know, I've been meeting with them for 20 years. Um, wow. and, uh, we are all super close. Uh, I was on the phone with Aaron from Alanim and also from Adad Elohim. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on with Aaron, uh, you know, yesterday we talk, um, all of us talk regularly and we compare best practices. We send each other campers who are better suited for other camps. Huh. We're very friendly. So um, how did we get from camper to leadership staff, I'm sure, to like... Sure. You? Yeah, I'm ha happy to share that. Um, so I, I was a camper from San Diego, um, hence San Diego uh, Padres yes. uh, fan. Uh, hard to be a... Harder, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we are rivals, Allison. We are Anyways, rivals uh, on that level only. Otherwise, you're cool with me, Joel. Just yeah, baseball rivals. Yeah, you know, and I'm not a huge uh, Padres fan, uh, but if I'm going to, I like the hat. Yeah, mostly. it's a good hat. Um, so I was camper for a few years, um, and then I became a CIT and a counselor. Um, and after being a counselor for a couple years, um, I applied at age 20, 21 to be a unit head. That's way younger for a unit head overseas counselors right. at our camp. 
and uh, and I wasn't, and they told me I didn't get the job. And a couple of weeks before, um, they called me up and said, uh, you know, um, I was with my best friend Saul, who was already who had been a unit head a couple of years before and was the program director. And so I'm hanging out with Saul and he gets this call and he says, no, I think Joel would be the guy. And then next thing you know, I'm getting offered the position. And so that was the beginning of it. Um, and then, I, you know, I was planning on doing that for a couple of years in college. I, I headed up a program called TASC, which stands for Teenage Service Camp. And you build stuff around camp. And in year one, I had 50 kids, but in year two, I had 87 kids Holy that were moly. building. And we built a big amphitheater in the camp. And it's kind of how I built my name a little bit, taking 87 teenagers and doing something gigantic, building an entire area of camp. I thought that, that's probably it. I thought that's done. But then, uh, you know, I became the CIT director. I led an Israel program for camp in 97. You know, around that time, 98, I think, is when I said I have to, I graduated in 97. I was in grad school studying exercise physiology, pre-med, I was going to be a doctor. And then I was like, you know what? Me and camp, we, we love each other, but it's time. And I kind of gave my farewell to everybody. But then... Um, but wait, to, there's more. <laughs> but then I went to Israel. I, uh, I came back and I have to do, wake up very early. I want to say like five or six, which now doesn't seem that crazy early now that I have little kids. But <laughs> at the time I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I put on the, this lab coat and it didn't feel right. And I said, I want to be working back at a Jewish camp. Wow. So, so you had like a visceral like reaction to putting on the lab coat and realizing like where this was leading you? That's right. And, uh, and before then, even in Israel, the moment actually happened in Israel. I was in the Negev. I was in the desert. I hear for a lot of people, the desert, you kind of have epiphanal moments in the desert. And that was for, true for me. I was there and I had a very campy dinner out there and I was there and it was spiritual and I had not in grad school I was so busy I didn't do as many things in my Jewish world then I'm in this thing and I said you got to get back to your roots that means more to you and I realized that I was kind of in and I kind of realized when I put on that lab coat I was kind of in medicine maybe for the wrong reasons like maybe mm. for the prestige and money of it and and because I got good grades and and so it seemed like a logical choice, mm -hmm. but it wasn't what I wanted to do with life. And after living yeah. in Colorado, which was where I was in grad school, Colorado State, I said, I have to go back somewhere warm. So I applied to, and to be a youth director at a place, uh, Bethel Congregation in Phoenix. And that's where I landed. And I was there for a couple years. And then I got a call from camp. Another position opened to be the head of, a, of our senior camp. We had a camp for seniors, uh, elder hostel. And so... I took that position, I rented out camp. Two years later, a couple of things happened, a couple of different directors, and um, I was in the right place at the right time. And um, I, that was 18 years, that was 18 years ago. That is an incredible journey. I know we have a ton of happy families at TAE who enjoy their summers at JCA. Another connection between Shalom and Adat Elohim are these family camps. And the next time we won't do one, you're going to, which won't probably be for another year or two, yeah. but I want to get, I would love to get more families, young families to come. One of the first things we want to do is bring back, will be family camps once it's safe. Awesome. Well, just got to be patient. Let's fast forward to getting to, uh, to better, happier times when we can all be together and have your campfire mouth, you know? and some spirit oh. and all that kind of stuff in a normal situation, in a normal year. 
What do you do in your off season? What happens fall, winter? We do a lot of year-round programming. So we do a fall camp, a spring camp, winter camp. Uh, we ran last year before all this stuff happened and before the camp burned down, which is another Oh, that, uh, that little thing. thing that we'll get to, yes. In 2018, <laughs> um, we ran uh, close to 20 family camps. Um, Adal Elohim was one of them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of been our one of our niches that we do. But we also run religious school retreats for um, Adal Elohim and a bunch of other synagogues. Um, and so we're so busy. But then throughout the most of the year, I'm doing working on recruitment, marketing, and in what we are calling engagement, which is kind of development. And mm -hmm. for the people who aren't in the nonprofit world, that just means fundraising. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, so I do recruiting, um, interviewing, vetting staff people, and then I'm the number one recruiter of campers. So all the other things are fine, but the thing, I still go and lead every camp tour myself, and I love it. I love meeting new families. Um, I think when they kind of meet me later on, if they're having issues while their kids at camp, right. um, they are more likely to call me. Having access sometimes just to the director uh, is really great. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's just me saying, hey, look, I saw your kid at breakfast. They're doing fine. They have friends. They're, they may have written a homesick letter or maybe they look like they didn't put on sunblock, but it was just the <laughs> camera or whatever. So you don't need to worry. I'm going to pass you on to camper care team. And so they have a connection to me. They know they can right. still reach me. And then I write an email every day home to the parents about what's going on in camp culture and on what I've seen. And I put some pictures so people can always hit reply to that. And so I've done all these steps to make myself more accessible. Right. And, Which um, I'm sure is great for the Jewish mothers, right? Like but, uh, basically <laughs> your, your role, your role is Jewish mother diffusement. Like it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm sometimes the first line of defense. When you have a parent who's on the phone and they're freaking out a little bit because they got a sad letter or they saw a picture, God forbid they saw a picture of their kid on and they're sitting by themselves, like oh. a crazy uh, thing that could happen. Or they're wearing the same shirt two days in a row or there's some indicator that something might be wrong. And parent is sitting at home looking at these photos and struggling, right? And, and, and they're and they don't want to call. They want to give their kid, but they can't resist. So they call. And I'm a parent now, so I understand. And so they call. And then it's reframing a kid's struggles as being what gives them grit. And how if they work through this on their own without you intervening, they don't need to know that we are speaking, parent and camp director. Um, this is actually going to be really good for them, this thing. And I'm going to watch them. And we're going to make sure that they're getting through this. But at the end, you're going to find a kid who has developed more resilience and grit and all those wonderful things through the power of camp. So it's true. So. Camp is, is really amazing at helping kids grow up. There's all this like problem solving skill sets that you learn when you're at camp and it and, and kids can do it even without the help of their parents. And that's even more empowering. So yeah, that's, that's what that's camp does. That's the point of it. You know, like when we promote camp, we talk about all the fun and games and sure. friendships and all that. But actually, the struggles are part of it, too. And they're part of what makes a kid grow at camp. So parents, when they're worried about those things, and is, is your kid going to be socially safe and emotionally safe? The answer is yes. Absolutely. They're going to have struggles and they're going to learn from all those experiences. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do that independently with the help of some uh, teenagers that we call counselors, right? <laughs> and then, and that whole experience is um, 
is magical and wonderful. And for those and speak to people who are alum like you and me, um, it's part of what shaped us to be the people True. we are now. I mean, if we weren't campers, we wouldn't be as awesome as we are, I think is <laughs> basically the moral of the story here. What's your favorite camp meal? Uh, I love Shabbat dinner. Shabbat I mean, that, dinner. I know that's I know that's so cheesy. I know that's so cheesy. Is it because like, of the actual food it's tasty or you just like the the ambiance of Shabbat dinner? Both? Uh, both. It's both. Um, it's also one of the few meals where I like every single thing that's on the meal. There are, I'm, not, I'm not the pickiest of eaters, but there's often things I don't eat sure. in certain meals. Uh, but this one has, and they're different at every camp. I, you know, I had them. So when our camp burned down, we went to Alanine for winter camp. Uh, you know, uh, 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 not even a day after our camp burned down and news came out, Josh, who was the director of Alanim, mm -hmm. send me, called me up and said, you have to run your winter camp at, at Alanim. Mm -hmm. I will move everything. We'll even move our own dates if we need to, to accommodate you. We'll even run at the same time. I will bend all the rules you need to be. And I was like, so touched. That uh, the day. The day after the fire, we used Alanine's offices as our offices. We we're like so close. So I got a chance to get a little Alanine and they have, they're famous for their apple butter. The apple butter is unreal. Yes. Paula dipped in apple. Oh my God, stop it right now. So that's good. the stuff. So uh, artist has its own things and it's just like uh, chicken and potatoes and, and a vegetarian chicken soup, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but um, and then of course challah. And as you know, I'm a, I'm big into challah. Yes. And so that all of those things together, and the atmosphere and the vibe, and we allow alum to come to Shabbat, so it's a chance to see old friends. Yeah. Um, and the music and all of it is um, what I got into all this for, and it's what I miss most. So that's my that's my favorite camp meal, Shabbat. So Shabbat dinner, that's when your your tummy is the happiest. So I know, 2018 was a rough year. Um, the fires were ruthless, and they got camp. That's right. So how did that work? You did you get a call? Were you watching? Did you know it was going to happen? You knew these fires were raging. What sure. was the moment that you realized it was over for you? Um, you know, I'd spoken to the fire chief earlier in the day and he was like, it, uh, you guys are fine. It's still far enough away. And that was the night before. Oh. And um, we had been evacuated at two in the morning from our house. Right. So we went to my parents' house and see me. And I got a call at like seven in the morning uh, and I wasn't sleeping very much. None of us were. No. That said, um, uh, you got to get up here because we need to rescue the animal. We need to evacuate the animals. Oh, the no. fire's on its way. You go, we need the van to load up a bunch of animals. Uh, and then I drove this van up to camp and there's smoke and there's, uh, and, and in the distance you can see flames and we're loading these animals. Um, I had to load this, uh, we have a steer, Norman, big cow, right? Like a big steer. Um, and we had to load him in, into a, a trailer that's just big enough for him. And there's already two donkeys and they're bringing these, uh, these uh, animals to Ventura, the big ones and the, and the horses we brought to Alani, like play, everywhere we can go. We've organized it and we had, we were prepared. So we knew where they were going, but Ventura uh, County Fairgrounds held the, mm -hmm. an, the bigger animals. And so we have to wait for them to come back and they're running into issues of police uh, blockades and stuff coming back to the camp. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there waiting and the flames are coming and the smoke is everywhere and it's coming and we're, 
and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And I sent almost everybody away from camp, but a handful of us stayed back to rescue animals and we're grabbing rabbits and mm. whatever. And we loaded most of them before I got there and we're, and then this trailer comes, we put two donkeys in it and we realize if we don't get Norman out of here now, Norman's not going to make it. Uh, it's probably going to happen. So uh, 10 people, I think we're what's left, all of us pushing this gigantic steer into a trailer. And then as we're leaving on that ride down, there are flames uh, on the hillside and, and you could feel it's one thing to see flames. It's another thing to feel the heat. It was very nervous. Uh, it was a nervous uh, moment because I started thinking about my kids and my family and was this smart to stay so long. And, um, and luckily we all got out, but um, that's when, at that point I knew there's a good chance the camp's not gonna make it. Mm -hmm. And then nobody could hear anything for two or three days. And I got a call from a camp parent who dad is in Ventura County Fire. Uh, and uh, he, after fighting fires for 48 hours straight, drove by camp to take a couple of videos for us. And he was the first one who kind of said, yeah, there's very little around still. And then uh, we have another guy who is a photographer for the Associated Press. Got some amazing photos. Wow. And so then we knew. That's how we knew. Yeah. For real. So, he had taken since then, it's been uh, a puzzle, I'm sure, of figuring out how to rebuild, where to hold camp. I know you held camp in a different um, property. And yeah. it was successful. Yes. Uh, we. It's the power of camp. You know, people who run camp have this feeling that it's not associated with a place. Right. And that it's much more than a place. Um, and that is 100% true. Uh, so we ran it out of this Korean uh, Presbyterian retreat, retreat center, not designed to be a camp, but we made it camp and we built buildings together. Right. And for us, it felt like camp. And I remember a couple of my staff people came up to me three days into the experience at Bull Creek and said, this led, Joel, look outside, man, it's camp. Oh. And it had, um, we had to build a tent for all of us to eat at the same place. We had to do all these crazy things to make it feel that way. Right. But then it felt like another summer of camp. This was a place that reached out to us right. and was there for our time of need. And what a great lesson for our kids. Totally. Maybe one day we can pay it forward to another organ. Or also another thing about it. There were big crosses everywhere <laughs> at the camp, right? And we joked, uh, the cross is actually a T for Torah. We, we always were like, T for Torah, maybe like there's a big cross on the hill that's lit up 24 seven. And it was like T for Torah. And that just became like our, camp. and they were fine with that, by the way. They like our humor. They like get along with us and they're totally. amazing uh, people and uh, who taught our kitchen staff about Korean, like kimchi and Korean awesome. dishes. And there was some really cool, we will bring in some um, Korean, flavor in tar camp for perpetuity because of this moment. So we made it happen, but it was very hard um, and, it, and is n and still hard and not knowing. Um, and we have to, we're, we're designing with architects now an entire new camp. That's going to be the most inclusive camp that we can imagine, most eco-friendly camp we can imagine. And that's an opportunity that probably would not have happened without the fire. Silver lining. Um, 
Yeah, so there's a lot of those silver linings. We still have to raise money for it, and we still have to do. There's still a lot of challenges. I'm still very hopeful. I I really think it's going to be a state of the art place that will all that the community will get to enjoy, and I'm really looking forward to that part of it. But it has been that and the pandemic have been very very challenging. Yeah. And at times, I've been brought to emotion about that many times. About um, and in some ways, the pandemic was even harder. Because yeah. we still ran camp after a fire, right. right? And it took everything we had, like all the resources we had, right. all the ingenuity we had, but we could overcome it. Right. And then this year, because safety is so important, we could not overcome it. And we ran a virtual camp that also felt like camp, but not in the same way. It's still yeah. not the same. Like you still need the togetherness. And, you know, I love the message of that camp is not just a place it's it's the people and you can make camp anywhere kind of like how we were able to make you know a sanctuary in our homes for the high holy days on on the the tv so it all comes together so yeah that's i'm i'm just so glad that you and the team are able to still keep your jca family connected and running strong and i have no doubt that no matter where you end up and how you know, the, the Ruach and the love for camp will remain. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know we've talked a lot about camp, but it is time for the Joel and Allison game show. I um, love it. Let's do it. <laughs> today's game is camp related. We're going to be doing a Mad Lib. So I, I hope you've brushed up on your uh, parts of speech. So um, I'm going to ask you for a series of words. I will fill them into my Mad Lib, which I have here on my paper, and then I'll read it back to you. Are you All excited right. for this? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so, and just to tell everybody, Joel has not seen the Mad Lib. He has no idea. We, he didn't even know we were doing this. I sprung this on him. But I do okay. need, sir, a noun. Would call a, <laughs> since we've been talking about it. Another noun. Chocolate. I'm in the food right now, I guess. I can tell. Jeez, you're making me hungry. A verb in the past tense. Slept. Can I do that right now? Uh, <laughs> noun. Podcast. An adjective. Tasty. Another adjective. Sleepy. <laughs> you you are in a mood. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just going. Another noun. Baseball. This is going to be ridiculous. Um, a noun. Torah. Oh, this is exciting. Um, an adjective. Interesting. Plural noun. Children. I, re I just read ahead and I got... <laughs> adjective. Disgusting. <laughs> and another plural noun. Shoes. A plural noun. I'm trying to think of something that, like, that's like Jewish related a little bit. Uh, candles. Candles. Adjective. Profound. That works. And last but not least, a noun. Rabbi. Rabbi? Yeah. Okay. Rabbi. Here we go. Are you ready? This yeah, let's called. do it. <clears throat> a Day at Summer Camp by Joel uh -oh. Charney. I love it. I woke up in the morning to the sound of a holla outside my window. <laughs> I was so excited about today because we were playing my favorite game, Capture the Chocolate. I slept down to the podcast 
to meet the rest of the campers for the tasty game. However, the game was interrupted by a sleepy baseball. <laughs> we have to stop. We had to stop playing, but it was okay because it was time for lunch. When I walked into the dining hall, the smell of Torah overwhelmed me. <laughs> Today's lunch included interesting children and disgusting shoes. I'm so glad I have a secret stash of candles under my bed in the cabin. So far today has been a profound day. I cannot wait for the rabbi tonight. <laughs> that's great. That's so funny. And I that's love a day. It. That's exactly and how it works at JCA, right? Yeah, the smell of Torah is overwhelming in the morning. <laughs> that yeah. was great. Well, thank you for humoring me with that. I do love a good Mad Lib. Did you write um, that? That's very, that was so cool. I, I might have amended it from another Mad Lib, but I created that for us today. You're so creative. That's thank awesome. You. Your halas are now probably world famous. I mean, if anybody... <laughs> If anybody here is friends with Joel Charnick on Facebook, uh, you will see that he posts these pictures of the challahs that he bakes. And it's not just that they're pretty and they're braided and nice egg wash. Like he creates, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm like embarrassing you, Joel, but like he creates yeah. art, first of all, with the challahs. They're so elaborate. And then he creates these like recipes, like these it's almost like top chef of challah. Like it's top chef. Um, <laughs> you, like, I love you. <laughs> you find like the craziest things that I'm like, really for a challah? And then you make it happen? What, there was what? Like the, the Heath bar, like butterscotch, whatever. What You did something. I do a lot of different. I did s'mores one recently. We did this. Yeah. So uh, by the way, um, we, we, give a one, we give one away every week. Uh, you know, tradition is to build two. Uh, is to make two um, and that's like so I like to teach my kid I, you know Hall is a teachable moment so uh -huh. my kids um, and then we were eating both and we were putting on some pounds um, <laughs> so uh, we came up with the idea of giving one away to a neighbor every week and then also I'm going to be baking them as a benefit for toward the summer camps which runs mm -hmm. um, you know uh, for all the Jewish camps in Southern California it's a bike ride um, that raises a million dollars almost a year for Jewish summer camps for families who can't afford to go to camp. So I'll be baking them and then people can make a donation and they make a donation of any size. I will meet them at Triumpho Park uh, and they can pick up a contact-free uh, challah and I'll even let them choose a couple of ones. So there's a chance for people to taste this. You can support a lot of different, I don't care who you support. Uh, them, uh, this is not just, you can support my team, uh, Joel. Uh, but if you have an affiliation with a camp or something like that, you should support that camp and I'll still bake you a challah. Uh, for me, it's more about the, obviously the, the cause, although I do need to raise a certain amount of money as a rider. Uh, hint, and if you want to be in the ride, if you want to be in the ride though, you can, it's virtual this year. So you don't even have to leave your house. Um, and you can do that. Um, it's $500 to be in it, but that money all go hundred percent of that goes to kids who couldn't um, afford to go to camp. So if you've ever been to camp and it meant something to you, if you can get, find, you know, every camp has a team and uh, so you should support it. And there's like a thing that'll say you you donated right. and you don't have to put how much and just send it to joelichlaminstitute.com. I will uh, be posting on my Facebook um, and people can just reply to that too. Um, or you can DM me. So any of those ways, um, I'll bake you a holla. 
we want to make sure we support the cause and also a Joel Charnakala is out of this world. So I've personally tasted probably two or three um, since we've been friends and um, there's some magic in there. What would you say is like, I don't want you to give away the whole recipe right now, but I would like to know what is the like secret or what is the like something that makes it different than any other challah? Well, mine has a little vanilla in it. So that's one thing that makes it a little different. I make mine in a bread machine and the whole process of making a challah takes me maybe 15 minutes. That's like actually my biggest trick. They look awesome and they're awesome, but they don't take a tremendous amount of time right. to actually do them. Once you kind of have a system, you can also use a KitchenAid mixer. So a lot that's of people don't have a bread machine. Yeah. And by the, by the way, that'll take you almost the same amount of time. It, yeah. it takes you six minutes instead of five minutes. You put the ingredients in, hit play, an hour and a half later, you have perfect dough. And then it's just a matter of what you kind of want to put in it and braiding it. And from beginning to end, the whole process is three hours, but only 15 minutes of your time. Uh, when Rachel and I were engaged, but before we were married, I wanted to start baking challah because the idea is, um, there's the old adage, does Shabbat keep the Jews or the, do the Jews keep Shabbat throughout all the generations? And I'm one of the believers that Shabbat has kept us Jewish throughout the years. And the things that we do on Shabbat are part of our culture and that's what keeps us. And, I, and proof of it, for me at least, mm -hmm. when I bake challahs, we lit the candles and we do all the blessings in our house. And when I don't bake challahs, we end up not doing that. Interesting. Um, so it makes you feel like it incorporates some part of your Shabbat experience. Like it either happens or it doesn't based on your challah traditions. Yeah. And I think it just helps. If you bake the challah, you're going to do a lot of people. I shouldn't say you're going to. Some people are just going to eat it, I'm sure. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, now we have these beautiful challahs. Let's do the whole shebang for Shabbat and let's uh, make it be awesome. So then, so I started doing it. And then once I learned how to do it and it didn't take a lot of my time, I do it every week of the year. Um, if I know I'm going to be out of the, not have a lot of time, I'll bake it a day in advance and freeze them. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm so inspired by that. Thank thanks. you for sharing so, all that. Th thanks for talking about those. That's It makes me feel great. You built well, my it's really special. And um, I think it's just so unique that and refreshing to see another like busy young dad taking the time out of his week to do something that is deeply rooted in you know our heritage and traditions and what a great role model you are for your kids and also oh, your peers like me so thank you thank you um i do want to know how you ended up at tae i mean we've talked a lot about your time at camp and how you got there but at some point you grew up and got married and had a family and here you are so that's right how did that happen um i just want to say i feel guilty about not joining earlier um but so, so I had a few connections to Dad Elohim uh, too. Mar I wore, when I first moved out to camp, before I was the camp director for two years, I was uh, doing this other job, uh, uh, the elder hostel and renting out camp. Uh, but it wasn't paying very much, and uh, as a lot of entry jobs don't. And um, and so I got a job working at a Dad Elohim for the Hebrew school. Uh, oh. for mercy um, and I taught like teenagers like something uh, the connections between Judaism and pop culture I think is what cool. we did and we would watch like an episode or part of Star Wars and be like how is this Jewish and we did some really fun stuff with teenagers and it was just to keep them engaged and totally whatever. Um, and then Donna Becker so I work with Donna's daughter she runs right. she 
ran our day camp and does HR stuff for us and a lot of other many, many things she does for us. So Donna, we have connection to Donna and um, I just felt the vibe out of Dot Elohim. There were families that were hanging out with each other. And you know, you and I know you drop your kids off at preschool, mm-hmm. you sit around and hang out with right. other parents. And it's built for that. There's this tree in the middle, the classes are built around the outside, you sit and you hang out in the courtyard. And that design is brilliant uh, because then it builds community, something we are lacking in the pandemic world uh, uh, in a terrible way. Um, so I saw that. Um, and that's what pushed me over the edge. So then it all, and we got a vibe. We went to the services. Um, I think it might have been Rabbi Diamond in those interim years yeah. that mm-hmm. we saw. And it just, and I watched, and I watched how people put their arms around each other. It's so camp, right? Isn't it super campy? Yes. And I've also said many times, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. If there was a synagogue called camp that just did kind of camp Shabbats and stuff like that, I would join that congregation, right? Like 100%. Maybe you can, and so uh, this is the closest I felt in, uh, you know, to something that was very campy, mm-hmm. the way people put their arms around each other, the way... They always have people like during services go and introduce themselves to people mm-hmm. next to them. There were so many little things that I really loved um, that, that weren't always part of my synagogue history, right? which was a little bit more formal in this last thing that they did for Rosh Hashanah. How amazing. I was, mo- I was moved to emotion from my couch. Um, it know. was that good. I have been yeah. meaning to write them an email. I'm going to, sorry Cantor guys. Shukair, Cantor, or Rabbi Diamond, Joel's telling you right here directly. Take it away. I'm telling you, I was moved. It was so good that I was brought to emotion. It was so well produced. Um, I know sometimes we do things and and we and we wonder, well, people appreciate all the time and effort I put into this. And I am telling you now, as just a congregant, who sat in my living room and I was wondering how is this even going to be? We're watching. We're going to watch some recorded thing for God knows how long, is it gonna resonate? And the whole uh, choir and the band actually was, and how the video and the editing and whoever did all that, I think a lot of it was the Cantor. Well, it was a lot of Cantor's vision. We also had um, a congregant, Ricky Kreitman, who who edited a lot of the video as well. And then with Stephanie Strasia's direction of everybody knowing, and you know when you're watching, because we watched enough of these like, zoom uh you know collaborations over the last six months um you know like how much work goes into it because everybody had to do their own individual things and you you know stephanie is in her home like you know doing her direction to nobody camera yeah yeah. camera oh my god they they don't have that energy of all being together which is so important for any kind of music group and it it didn't feel that from home it didn't feel that way it felt i was with everybody together Mm -hmm. Um, and I just have to, like, I have to, I can't give enough kudos. I can't give enough compliments. The, the only way they could understand how I feel would be to go into my brain and feel the emotions I feel for it because words don't do it justice. It was that good. I can't wait to be around people again, and I can't wait for that experience. Totally. But shout out to you all. And then we did the kids' service, too, yeah. later on. That was fun, I saw too. You, we chatted. I saw yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, and that felt, they did something remarkable. They did something remarkable, which was they made a virtual experience feel like not a virtual experience. I know. It felt, 
it felt like we were there and it felt so good. And I'm not just saying this, I, I really mean it. It was wonderful. Yeah, Yasher Koach to the whole team. And Boom. what a way to start the new year. With that, I want to go on to um, a couple rapid fire questions. So do I do this in every episode of The Schmooze um, where we I do some James Lipton inspired questions that he used on his TV show Inside the After Studio. We are going to go through some of these questions and I hope you're ready. I've, I've put a little Jewish spin on them because this is the schmooze. All right, here we go. What is your favorite Yiddish word? Um, shmata. <laughs> what is the shmata like, you're wearing? You're going out in that shmata? Like yeah, that? Or like we use a rag like around the house as a shmata. And it's just fun to say. It is really you fun. Know? Yeah, like uh, go get a shmata from the garage and... <laughs> And clean up that apple juice. Yeah, I don't know why it's that's probably... so funny to me. <laughs> shmata. I don't know. I love it. It's great. It's great work. Yeah. And I like your get a shmata from the garage and clean up the apple juice. <laughs> like such a dad thing to say. Yeah. Right. Okay, but I need to know on the opposite end, what is your least favorite Yiddish word? There are Yiddish words that are derogatory, and some of those, those. Um, I, I don't want to say them. Sure. But I can't. I can't deal with totally. even in our family even in our um in our customs there are words that we should learn from as a lesson do better right know better yep. and do better um what turns you on jewishly um i love watching parents with their kids um i see when and grandparents that intergenerational uh but gift to our children through example is what gets me going when i see parents especially at a dot elohim and they care and they're demonstrating through uh, and giving it to their kids that way. That's so inspiring to me. What turns you off Jewishly? There's part of Judaism that is exclusionary um, a little bit. And I can't, yeah. those part of it, I have a struggle with that piece of it. I can see that. I, I feel like we should include everyone and, and if, what, no matter what kind of dose of Judaism they're trying to get. You know? Well, also, our type of Judaism that you and I practice is very inclusionary. We want to bring in everybody, right. even not Jewish people, whoever <laughs> wants to see what we're doing. Come on. Come here. There yeah, are, join the club. Yeah. But there are synagogues and there are types of Judaism or sects of Judaism that are not uh, not as um, welcoming yeah. and actually exclude people who aren't Jewish or whatever or who are different. Right. And uh, I have very little tolerance for that. That's understandable. Um, what sound or noise at Temple do you love? I just I love the sound of the kids playing uh, at the synagogue. I like that too. What sound or noise at Temple do you hate? I don't. I guess okay. So every parent who drop off a kid at a Dada Elohim, uh, here's some kid who's screaming or crying or fighting with another kid or whatever. And that's part of parenthood. It's not just part of a Dada Elohim. Sure. But when you drop off your kid every day for five years, it's exhausting. And you hear, ah, you know, and you and you just left your house where there was some of that sometimes, not always. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The struggle. The struggle is real. Yes. Um, pretend the cookies and babka did not arrive in time for the oneg after a Shabbat service, and you were just really looking forward to that bop, that babka and that fruit and the cookies. Um, you would probably be very upset. What would be your favorite curse word? 
I don't know if I have. A, I can't have a, a curse word. Or you can show me show me your angry face. I would just be like, you know, like, are you kidding me? That I would probably just say, are you kidding me? That's like my common. That's my most common thing. Are you or, kidding or, me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Or and sometimes I'll be like, this is a, a different level of being upset. It's like one level above. Are you kidding yeah. me? Seriously? Oh. Like that's what I'll say. And when Rachel hears seriously, she's like. Yeah. And I do get, I also do get hangry. I, I, I actually do. Um, it's, yeah, it's I, think many men, I think many men are afflicted by that. Yeah, it's been too long. Seriously? <laughs> There's no babka? What kind of place is this? There it is. There's the anger I was trying to get out of my actor. Hard. All right. Good job, young grasshopper. Um, <laughs> so I know you're very, very, very busy, and we've probably been recruited or attempted to be recruited a million times for temple leadership roles. Um, but what leadership role could you see yourself taking? What would you like to attempt if you had all the time in the world? I mean, engagement and uh, those types of, uh, not engagement, like I was talking before, which is fundraising. Right. But uh, synagogue engagement, the I was really- in, kind I, of? Yep, I'm really into what the rabbi was doing with those groups, the small GAE groups. Engage. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. it's, by the way, it's very campy again, right? Small groups uh, yeah. that have community, right? I think of a cabin group at camp. It's a small group of people who become very close because they do things together. Even if they were randomly assigned by the synagogue, totally. you would become close with those people by doing stuff with them every day. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, whatever, every couple of weeks or whatever. But awesome idea. So he is so forward thinking. Yeah, that. it's great. Um, what's a temple leadership role that you'd be like, nope, never would want to do that. No, thank you. Um, I don't know if there's one around halakha, which is like the, the Judaism, the like religious aspects of Judaism that are like the, are the Jewish laws, right? right. Like there are, uh, some synagogues have like a religious part of it. And um, I don't know if we, how much we have that about. We have a religious practices, like yeah. committee and chair and, you know, people in charge of that. So I don't not, know if I'd you would not it. be on that role is what you're saying yeah you know those are the parts of judaism that sometimes get in the way of my of my judaism your experience so. right i understand that okay and the very last question that james lipton always asks is if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates i guess maybe you were already in heaven all along I I feel very blessed. Every day I wake up and I'm next to my awesome wife and I have uh, great kids and they sometimes drive me crazy, but most of the time I just love them. Um, and um, I look, uh, we just have so many things to be thankful for, even during a pandemic, even after my camp burnt down and we we're struggling in certain ways. Um, there, I can look out the door and see so many things to be thankful for and appreciative of. and I. It's hard for me to imagine things a lot better than what we currently, even in these tough times, better than we already have them. Um, so maybe that's it. That's a great answer. And that's such a yeah. great way to think about it that maybe we're already here instead of wondering about, you know, I know that there are all different kinds of thinking and it's not, heaven is not necessarily a part of like Jewish life. And that's the one question that I didn't really alter for Jewish relevance. Um, that's actually his question, but it is a just when you're thinking about life in general, you know, you wonder like, am I making the best of it? Am I doing the best? And, you know, instead of wondering what it will be like when you're gone, 
do it now, you know? So that's a really inspiring way to think about it. That's beautiful. Well, I, I find you very inspiring. I know we're coming down to the end of this. I just want to, like, to start something where it doesn't exist. Also, you and Brian are so selfless with regards to how you relate to Dot Elohim. You put your heart and soul into all the projects that you do, and it's apparent. But also, um, I think there's a selflessness um, that is that you exude um, when you do projects like this, because you're doing it because of your love of community and your love of Judaism and your love of the synagogue and, and the place. The podcast itself is so uh, you. It's connecting with people. It's using your extrovert uh side of you um it's too much of me no one needs to see this much (laughs) and um but it's so inspiring and uh, a good example to so many people don't wait for other people to do stuff just do it and that's what you do well the checks in the mail and every time (laughs) someone watches an episode you get residuals for you know you work that into your contract so it's from the heart i mean it (laughs) thank you that's very nice but you are right like I think everyone should find the thing that they love and just do the thing and make the thing. Like as my intro to the show says, I had a lot of time on my hands and I missed talking to people and you and I would not be otherwise hanging out right now because life is crazy. But we made this appointment and here we are and it's really awesome. And and I'm excited that I get, I feel lucky and almost like, do I deserve this to get to talk to all of our TAE friends and then share our conversations with the community. So it's really fun. You're a natural. You're a natural. Thanks. I just want to say thank you so much for being my guest on the schmooze today. And um, I'm wishing you a, a happy new year to your beautiful family. And I'm just so glad that we're friends and fellow wildcats and camp kids. And um, thank you so much for being the- here. Thank you. Uh, the best part about this podcast is getting to see you and spend time with you and um, and kind of catch up with you a bit too. I'm, I'm, I miss that part of it. Um, and uh, it was great. And again, I'm inspired by this thing. Um, Thanks. Inspired by it. Yeah. Joel, where can we find you? Do you have any socials that you want to share with us? And sure. tell us about I'm, your podcast for JCA Shalom. Yeah, I'll do that. So you can find me at, at uh, JCA Joel. <laughs> On, on Instagram, um, and I'm just Joel Charnick on Facebook, and I would love to add the Dot Elohim people because it's fun to be connected to all of you. Uh, we have a podcast from the camp, um, and it's all camp-related stuff about things that happen at camp and how they impact our lives in uh, that outside of camp, right? Um, yeah. That's part of the camp experience. It's not just totally. held in the camp gates. Um, and that's called the Circle Game Podcast. And if you, you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can, uh, or if you get onto Camp JC Shalom's Facebook page, you can um, find the Circle Game podcast there. There's, I think, maybe more than one. And the Circle Game's after a camp, a song that a lot of us uh, love about seasons going around and around. And, round it, and, and round. This, yep, and the cycle of life. And camp is very, is about that. So, um, you know, give it a listen, especially if you're interested in camp stuff, you know. Um, love it. Yeah. It's so much of who we are. So thank you again so much. Go find Joel. Go bake a holla. And (laughs) we'll see you next time on the schmooze. Bye. Bye. (laughs)